Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Now, live from Chicago, the Hal Sparks radio program mega worldwide. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Hal Sparks, your comedian and multimedia personality. And I'm all out of bubble. Hal Sparks. All right, let's do this. I know a lot of exciting things have happened this week. I know that, uh, you know, that, that one of the heads or the head of the inaugural committee for Donald Trump, where, you know, the magic hundred million dollars vaporized and clearly was not spent on three doors down. If I was them, I would still be mad. Um, oh, clearly yes. The dude in the in the remember the dude in the drum dome thing, the like one man Tommy Lee guy that performed at the Trump inaugural. Did you see that guy? I'm, I mean, I remember the DJ. I remember the weird chorus. Yeah. I don't remember the the drum dome guy. Yeah, there was a guy in the in the drum dome uh, thing or whatever. He just he basically did like a Tommy Lee style, like my thing mm-hmm. moves, and I've got I've got symbols above me and stuff behind you know, and just kind of like you know, I have no band because no one can stand me long enough to play music with me because I'm a dyed-in-the-wool trumper, and it's hard to find a group of guys that can agree on that, that can also play instruments and are interested in uh, women uh, in a a positive sense. And um, and so, anyways, that guy performed. You just got the feeling watching the Trump inaugural that um, the $170 ultimately, that was... uh, approximately that was uh, I don't know it's a magic number um, that was gathered uh, for dissemination was not it never made it into the pockets of the people that were performing nor was it uh, you know I mean I think they had like was there a bulldozer parade my memory of the whole thing is fuzzy um, <laughs> <laughs> I would love a bulldozer parade down Pennsylvania yeah. Avenue I- yeah, hashtag favorite parts of Trump's inaugural. Um, yeah, they had a. <laughs> remember, oh, that would be a great thread. Yeah, they had the yeah, they had the three legged race and the uh, and the International Chicken Chasers Guild. Um, which, watching them go down the street was mag. It was I mean, especially since they were right behind all the bagpipe players, was just. Magic. I thought it was really rude that someone took the entire Trump inaugural and put yakety sacks behind it. In retrospect, it makes sense. <laughs> I didn't know there was an extended mix. There had to be. It's a dance remix or whatever. It's from 1977. It's like a, um, it's like a fifth of Beethoven. Right. It's the same thing. Um, but, uh, who else was, who else do you remember from the, um, the, you know, I remember, um, uh, there was some, voc- I remember there was like a vocal band, like some sort of acapella band that like, yeah, there was Oates, a Oates of- and Ridgely. No, they turned it down. Um, <laughs> Oates and Ridgely. You know, never mind. Um, the, the, the interesting thing was, now. yeah, um, there was somebody didn't get paid and it made the news. Yes. Well, a lot of people didn't get paid, apparently. And a lot of mystery money went missing in Tom Barack, uh, who got, you know, got busted yeah. this week. Um, and it was, you know, in a way that was kind of super fun to watch play out, um, you know, got busted because he 
when everybody heard that he was getting, you know, he was an unregistered agent of a foreign government, a lot of people thought, well, this is just like a fair violation thing, kind of the stuff that they're going after Rudy Giuliani for, which is just a lobbying deal. When in reality, right. he, he was actually from within the White House creating a, um, a an alternate policy position for the White House and for, um, you know, the administration uh, based on the desires of uh, Saudi royal princes in the UAE. And, um, yeah, yeah I, I, I think m- most of the United States, most of the citizens of the United States are um, are sort of on the Jamal Khashoggi side of uh, that debate, whether that should be allowed, right? And yeah, sure, it was exciting that he got busted. $250 million bond, the biggest ever issued, apparently equal to Michael Milken's. Wow. But Milken never, they never actually pulled the trigger on the $250 million, um, you know, figuring he was going to stay around, and he did two years I, you know, and I, I think that was the good choice because I, I mean, between you and I, Johnny Million, uh, let's say you've got, I don't know, ballpark, uh, 80 to $250 million socked away for a rainy day in a series of Cayman Islands bank accounts or the Bank of Cyprus or other stores. And while you've got a billion dollars in the United States to lose, that 250 is waiting for you on the other side of a two-year stint in Club Fed, um, where you go to a okay. prison with a golf course attached. Uh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure I could. Oh, thanks so much, WW157, for the super chat. Appreciate people joining us today. I'm pretty sure I could. I could hang. I'm pretty sure because I would. There are a lot of crap jobs I would do for a decade for that kind of money. You know, and if you could just, you know, th- three hots and a cot and play golf most of the time and, you know, a few license plates and you're on your way, that's a that's a cheap date when you get to keep that 250 on the other side. Yeah, right? so long as you're not courted by the Aryan Nation. Yeah, there's not a lot of those guys. There's not a lot of neck tattoos in the in the low. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know what I mean. There's not not a lot of dudes with uh, with Manson family, uh, you know, bro tattoos in you know in the club fed zone of things or whatever. Johnny's pouring himself a drink. Those listening on the radio, he has not um, had to relieve himself just for you know an emergency. The um, so that was exciting, certainly. <laughs> All right, um, you know. <laughs> And, and, you know, a few other things. We had a moment where Sean Hannity decided that enough uh, people had died in red states and he was going to try and get people to take the vaccine. And then, lo and behold, um, it reversed. It got uh, it, I, I suppose, got it changed their mind again. Yeah, he got he got a bunch that the vaccine was bad. Yeah. I'm getting a choppy audio and video uh, request from uh, the the chat, so I'm going to try and fix that as we go along. I think I have a solution. We will sh- we shall see what we shall see. I'll do it during the break, but um, uh, and it might be that I just open too many things, which enti- is entirely possible. Um, but in in the you know uh, this week was exciting. Is my point? A lot of cool things happened. Like, you know, and of course he rescinded it and. Uh, um, I think Tucker Carlson made up a new allegation about being spied on um, while, uh, you know, just being generally awful. 
is a big week. But you know what the biggest thing was for me, Johnny Million? You know what the most exciting I moment don't. for me was? And it's, it's, I know it's not going to be as exciting for everybody else. I know that. Um, I, for me, it was the possibility of an infrastructure bank. This week, I was, I was oh yesterday old um, when I found out that in the bipartisan deal, and if it gets rejected from the bipartisan deal in the, uh, the reconciliation package that is to follow, and it looks like, by the way, it's going to happen in the actual bipartisan bill, is an infrastructure bank. It, and if you, you know, for those that don't know, an infrastructure bank is, would be kind of like a, a, a giant bank set up by the government, kind of like Fannie Mae, that would have both government money and, uh, and private money put into as, as cash equity in it. But, and the necessary amount would be about $100 billion to seed this bank with about a trillion dollars in loaning equity based on that $100 billion. Um, basically, you know, because it's predicated on the idea that all the um, all the actual uh, loans uh, will be paid back in interest, and so the hundred the equity is really just there okay. just, in, just in case. So the money gets loaned into existence, and the hundred billion is there to patch the holes if they don't, essentially. But it is the best and easiest way to stop having regular arguments about how we're going to pay for infrastructure going forward. It is something that. Um, you know, Democrats have been after for a very long time. Trump even floated being for it while he was president because the people around him were aware that it was one of the ways to solve the problem without trying to get the Rand Pauls of the world on board uh, with his plan to pay for actual infrastructure. Remember, he had a two, two oh, and a half. Paul. Yeah, he had a two and a half trillion dollar infrastructure bill that he was trying to get through. Let's take a break. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Park Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Yeah, yeah, I said it. Yeah, Infrastructure Bank. Don't, yeah, it's, it's sexy. We'll be back. Attention, attention. Stop what you're doing. Because we're coming back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Oh, my God! They went a little crazy with it, and I appreciate it. Now let's get back with Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. So the um, the, Army, uh, the American Society of Civil Engineers has asked for about $2.5 trillion in infrastructure improvements over the next 10 years. The um, the amount that's in beyond, you know, our kind of we have a, a regular maintenance level that's in the budget, probably in the order of about 500 billion a year that oddly is is given out in in sort of scattershot ways and doesn't actually solve a lot of the problems to the point where you can use it for whatever infrastructure you want. So a lot of, uh, you know, cities, especially big cities. Um, end up using it on just road maintenance, just paying effectively their uh, their local sort of DOT projects. Um, and and if they have a bridge that's literally collapsed, they'll use that money to fix it. 
But until it does, they'll go, oh, okay, we'll do some potholes. We'll fill in some potholes with this money. And, um, or in some cases, they will, uh, you know, like in the case of Kansas City or in the case of Cincinnati, where, you know, a lot of attention has gone to the bridge in Cincinnati, they'll build a parallel bridge um, in the, instead of fixing this one. They'll build another bridge alongside of it, and then and then one day they'll just go, okay, nobody drive on this bridge anymore. Don't, no drive on the old one. Drive on the new one. Yeah, yeah. And, and so there's just two next to each other. And so uh, how to actually step up into that $2.59 trillion number, which we're not getting to even on this one, even though this it looks like we will be – Injecting more money into the potentiality of, you know, infrastructure growth than any other time in history since we built the highways or, you know, Hoover Dam level projects. Um, this right. is the, the, the creation of it. There's you can ju- take this money, you take a chunk of this money that's allocated out of tax dollars currently and you can pour it into these infrastructure projects and you can get right on them and fix them. Um, and that's done today. That will be, you know, that'll, you know, sh- you know, there'll be arguments about what's shovel ready and what's not. And a lot of the local politicians that are always engaging in shovel ready projects, if you know what I'm saying, comedy jokes about politicians. And uh, those folks will end up spending that money either on the stuff they've been directed to because the bill gets specific in some ways. Because that's one of the tricks about this thing is that they've got to go, all right, you're fixing that bridge. You're fixing that road. You're fixing those train tracks. And you do it with this money. It's not like a block grant kind of, or, or you know, a soft wash and you've got a lot of wiggle room and loopholes to get out and spend it on other projects. you got to be, it's very narrow focus. But there still won't be enough money to deal with the, the what the, um, what like the American Society of Engineers uh, of Civil Engineers wants to make of this and that min- and you know they're downplaying their number that they're already up playing so two point five six trillion dollars I think is what they've been asking for um, for all the projects that we need to do so one of the ways you can do that though with the money that's on hand that still keeps it within the budget of what's being presented here is a uh, hundred billion in equity for a an infrastructure bank. Um, or 50 for an infrastructure bank equity thing in this with half a trillion dollars worth of uh, lending ability and in this bill, in the bipartisan bill, and then another 50. And then when you have certain circumstances and you get emergency funds, every so often, and this is just me thinking, and it would absolutely work, is that you could seed some equity in an emergency to the infrastructure bank with the idea that, Okay, you've got Atlantic City or some place has been hit by a hurricane. We need to rebuild this area, and part of it's going to be done by you know short by you know emergency funds. Some of it's going to have to come in terms of you know insurance that isn't paid, and you know, and we've got a the government has to go after insurance companies to make sure that they pay for the stuff they insured in the first place, and the stuff gets rebuilt. But also, if the if the city or something is is going well, we need to build in such a way that it takes into account you know erosion because of climate change and those kind of things. Then, instead of giving them ten billion dollars as part of our thirty billion dollars to help them rebuild, we're going to give them twenty billion dollars directly, and ten billion dollars is going to go into the infrastructure bank for loans, private and public, to rebuild this area in terms of fifty billion dollars or whatever, effectively like a bond. 
for the city to help rebuild its stuff. That the government gets into the process of, and if they don't end up spending it, they don't have to spend it. They don't owe the interest on it. And therefore, it can go someplace else. That equity still sits there. So let's say that city decides we've only spent, we only needed $25 billion of the funds provided through this process. We got $5 billion left over. That stays in the equity coffers of the infrastructure bank and grows it over time. So I am more excited about the infrastructure bill than, I, uh, than anybody should, bill, should be. But I honestly think this could be a turning point it's it anybody remembers I brought this up I brought this up on Steph's show nine years ago when I was on and we were talking about it kind of for because it looked like it was a possibility and then of course the Republicans um, torpedoed it back then if it makes it yeah. and, and here's the thing even a small version of it even a pitiful version of the investment bank if they just decide okay 10 billion is going to this and we're gonna have this as a little minor side thing can grow over time through investment by the government as it continues to work. So that is incredibly exciting. Even if they don't go where they need to go, which is the 50 to $100 billion uh, equity in the bank, the fact that they could go with you know, 5 or 10 in this sort of pitiful starter kit version, you know, this uh, D&D for noobs uh, thing that comes with all the dice you already need, um, that in and of itself is enough to get this ball rolling where in the future budgets and the continuing resolutions and issues dealing with, uh, I mean, you could put parts of like infusions into the infrastructure bank. You could put that into DOD funding if you're talking about areas around military bases. If you're talking about areas about you know crucial infrastructure like nuclear power, but DOD funding is impossible to get approved. That's right. Yeah, um, I'm just saying there's a lot of must-pass bills where you could, in the budget, seed money that's equity in this situation. By the way, that makes the taxpayer money technically because it is loaned into existence and paid back with interest into the system. So cities, it makes cities less apt to use it for you know pet projects that don't actually pay off, you know what I mean, where you're building, you know, you, it, the infrastructure bank is not where you're going to go to build the, a second St. Louis arc so that you can arch so that you can uh, say this, the, the team, city team is sponsored by McDonald's, see what I'm saying, like that, it has to be sort of material stuff because you're not going to waste it on that because you have to pay it back with interest. Now, the interest rate on it is going to be very small, but when you talk about, um, what kind of private investment is going to go into this? Um, now, who do you think is going to primarily invest in projects like this? In small, you know, we're talking two and a half, three percent, maybe five percent in some cases, uh, loans for certain cities that you can't trust. You know, they're going to run the they're going to run DeSantis's credit and go. I don't know the way you handled your citizens dying with COVID. Um, we're going to have to charge you twenty one. We're going to we're gonna, uh, like uh, check cashing store place, you know, level uh, of interest. What kind of um, money are do you think is going to end up in these kind of systems, Johnny Million? I've it's just it's not quite a quiz, but I, I, I know. Yeah, this kind of system cash. is really foreign to me. This kind of system is really foreign to me. Like I never even um, understood the whole Fannie Mae thing when we were looking at at house buying. Right. Um, well, the the. General idea is is that 
um, pension funds um, can put, you know, because they have a certain amount of their, you know, they have to keep up with uh, cost of living and that kind of stuff. And it's a much lower, uh, you know, rate than say, you know, what hedge funds expect, like 15% or 20%. But that's also, you know, it's also, you could lose it all. It's, it's a lot more, it's more like gambling. Whereas if you have a pension fund, you want to be able to park those pension funds someplace where they're guaranteed a certain amount of it. And you're going to diversify, but that an infrastructure bank is a perfect place for that because the government is guaranteeing the return on them. The, you know, it will pay it back through toll roads or other things. That's how, you know, a lot of these projects make their money back over time, that that pays the interest on it. And the actual money itself comes from taxpayers inside the cities over time. You can spread these projects out. And so pension funds in the United States have somewhere in the order of $18 trillion of money just sitting in different investment schemes to raise money. And they are always seeking stuff that is, you know, they're balancing their risk and safety. That, and that's just the internal to the United States. Worldwide, in terms of the pensions we recognize or are intertwined with, you're talking about $40 trillion worth of money that could be invested in the private equity partner. Like, like I said, when the government's talking about putting like $100 billion in actual equity in their cash to be loaned out, not the, the trillion dollars that you can balance off that, Part of that equity funding would come from pensions who want to invest in something they can trust. And American uh, infrastructure as an investment is a great idea. Our dams stay around for a long time. Our Army Corps of Engineers are fantastic. Our rules and regulations around construction are are top-notch. And it's rare when we have a building like we had in Florida um, and since Katrina, the Army Corps of Engineers has been going around to every dam and levee, double-checking and triple-checking everything, because that's how you do it. And in some other giant countries with a lot of people in them that have experienced flooding lately due to dam breakages and the like, um, the, the opposite is true. They don't actually... Uh, go check it. They go find the person that they can blame and dust that person off and go, we took care of it. So (laughs) any, we're pretty good at that too. Yeah. Not so, not, not anywhere close to that level. Like we, we, no, we we don't scapegoat. We're not even in the, we're in the peewee leagues of scapegoating. We do it on Twitter. Wow. I'm talking about it. Yeah, you're right. I'm talking about humans disappearing from the planet and us making a public <laughs> statement about it. Right. Nowhere. And even like, gotcha. like Ru- Russia and China think you're adorable right now. Um, <laughs> we'll be back right after this. It's the House Parks Radio program, Mega Worldwide on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk, streaming at infotainmentwars.com or flank. Dot com F-W-A-N-Q. You can like and subscribe to the show. Give us a thumbs up. Join us today. If you're on YouTube and you want to subscribe, that's great. Thank you. Uh, those are joining us on Facebook as well. Thank you for the stars, and I see you, and hi. We'll be back right after this.
People say puffiness and under-eye bags are the hardest things to get rid of. Till now, introducing Genucel Plant Stem Cell Therapy from Chamonix, specifically targeting eye puffiness and bags. Genucel is incredibly powerful. Natural serum, they guarantee you'll see results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. Listeners see a dramatic improvement in just two weeks. A true Chamonix classic, Genucel contains eight extra ingredients to significantly reduce the appearance of bags and puffiness. Plus, Genucel uses patented plant stem cell technology to improve longevity with brilliant long-term results. Save big right now on Genucel's risk-free introductory offer. Go to lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie, promo code Stephanie at checkout for an extra 10% off. That is love, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Stephanie. You'll also get the amazing Zotique Deep Correcting Serum free when you order the most popular package today. Chamonix, the best skincare, best results are your money back. Lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. That is lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. That code is Stephanie. I know I'm only on one day a week. I get it. I'm going to have to jump on uh, GarageBand and start sawing something together. This is the house bar show. And a guitar note. And then progressive. And all. Yeah, it's going to be good. Hey, how? Did you mean something like this? This is the house bar show. And a guitar note. And then progressive. And all. Yeah, it's going to be good. The House Parks Radio Program Mega Worldwide. Yeah, it's gonna be good. I agree. Um, so I like the 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 the, the. Bonk, wow. <laughs> Um, I'm not wrong. That's a you know whatever. I you see your kiss garbage can, by the way, just sitting in the background, like it doesn't you want re- me to notice it. You you remember that that kiss garbage can? That was my. That, I've had that. I've had that kiss garbage can since I was ten. Yeah. I, even, I remember it from your room in high school. That's right. Even got a little leaky. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I was in Hell's room in high school. That's right. Repeatedly. Uh, <laughs> I, remember, I remember walking into your room one time, seeing Dianetics on your bed, going, yep. you read that? I read everything. <laughs> he was like 17. Yeah. I was a go-getter, man. I, you know, didn't yep. have to work. I had, that, I had that theory about if you can get, like, three good things from a book, it's worth reading even if the rest of it is garbage. You know, if I, you know, and I didn't, by the way. <laughs> uh, the one thing I discovered about Dianetics is uh, the one thing I got from that book was um, don't don't buy books that are advertised regularly on the news. Um, so crazy. And, yeah. So if you'll recall, page 27, <laughs> page 134. Why do I do that? And why so often? Page 12, <laughs> you know. What is this book about? <laughs> Page 499. Why did I read this? <laughs> so, uh, but uh, you, I appreciate you coming into my room more than any other because I lived uh, in the upstairs of my house. It was a, a, a an A-frame type roof on the, on the upstairs of the bedroom. It was, yeah, and I could only stand up in about a third of my room. And you're a tall drink of water. So that was even worse. <laughs> it was harder. Yeah, it's true. Like Johnny Mayo was just like than anything, yeah. like neck cocked to one side, just trying to like, mm-hmm. great, can we go downstairs? Um, <laughs> the downstairs was enormous. Yes, it was. It was great at the expense of the upstairs. That's a. It was a. It was, uh-huh. a, car- it was a carriage house. It was where the horses were kept before it was converted to living quarters. That's what that well, was. Hey. So the first floor had to be like Clydesdale height. 
you know, Mission meanwhile, accomplished. The, meanwhile, I had the jockey's room upstairs, as it were. <laughs> so, so um, anyways, the we're, we're talking a little bit about, so the infrastructure bank itself has a lot, you know, a lot of similarities with, you know, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae and more Fannie Mae, I suppose. But the idea of, you know, loaning to both back government, uh, you know, government back loans so more people can afford to buy houses. And and you, there's an argument to be made that as loans became more available and as the government entered the loan market as a potential guarantor, then the rates of loans that went out rose and the rates around those loans rose over time and therefore houses got more expensive because of that. That argument, which is, you know, worth having, tops out, unfortunately, um, and you have to deal with the reality that what we have currently is a supply problem. Almost everywhere. That's why home building is through the roof right now. And as we get better at it and quicker at it and people start doing, um, you know, prefab housing or the, you know, the tiny house fad for a little while did things. But that didn't that didn't last long um, (laughs) because of covid covid almost single handedly killed the tiny house thing. Um, You're like, no, no, no. If I'm going to be stuck in here with you. Idiots! I'm gonna <laughs> everybody looking at their family with contempt. I got this tiny house and I, with the exclusive condition that I would be able to leave and yes. suppose, spend most of my time outside of this tiny house. Yes, uh, tiny house, big yard. I think is what you need. Like mm-hmm. I need to go stand in the side in the corner of the cornfield and scream. Um, but that pretty much uh, you know nipped that in the bud. And so home growth and people's willingness to invest in their homes and the idea that people maybe are moving more uh, to there's another suburban sprawl that's being created beyond just the regular suburban. Because the idea of the suburbs is that you live close to the city but not in the city. And so you can kind of live a more pastoral existence within limits uh, still having neighbors and the like, but you can also get to work. It's drivable. You can either take a like a speed lane or there's a train like the metro in Chicago and those kind of things are available to you. But uh, what we're seeing now is a sprawl beyond that suburb, which is I have no intention of going into the city. I just want access to the cool stuff they have in the suburbs as far as movie theaters and coffee shops and stuff like that, you know, personality-based, like Buckhead in Atlanta, you know, like cool shops, nice walking area, but I don't have to live anywhere near it. And I can go even further out Mm. from that. And then working remotely becoming, you know, a normal possibility. Now, I personally think we will see a a fad movement in that, in that uh, big businesses, especially, and there's an increasing number of those, will want their workers to work close together because there's a lag time. Bad internet is one thing, but there's a lag time in decision-making when people are working from home. And there's a question of productivity that I think a lot of companies are going to have to deal with because I know that I am less productive based to some degree on the fact that my workspace is in my home. and, and And I don't do spreadsheet kind of work. I can only imagine... You know, I don't I don't have an avoidance thing against my own work. I love doing it. I can only imagine if it was just, you know, a stopgap job. Something you dreaded? 
Yeah. Yeah. I would never get around to it. I would I would be like, well, you got to take time for the kids, you know, until they starve. The only but, way I can work from home successfully is if my job involves people pinging me all day long. Right. Which is what my job home. is. Right. Just to get you. To yeah. Well, yeah. Well, not to get me back to work. But like my job is always just questions. Right. Question. Well, and so or to, or to solve problems. So like if if work is slow, then I've got, you know, like some time to myself. But when when I have to work, the work comes to me. Yes. Right. Well, and and more people in your position will be finding a way that they can go further and further out as things become more digital. And then, you know, as we get more comfortable, you'll end up with a, a live screen of somebody almost kind of 24 seven zoomed, you know, going and you just turn your camera on when you're working and turn it off when you're not and yada, yada. Like that'll become normal as well as we get more satellite. And, you're good, and it's much to the chagrin of states like Wyoming and other states where you're going to find that like the tech, you know, startups once the internet gets better, they don't have to be near San Francisco and Oakland. They and in yeah. and that. They can be in the middle of Wyoming where, you know, uh and getting the internet to the rural communities is gonna be yeah. just a true game changer. It's going to change the way those those communities the, work. The social yeah, the social fabric the social fabric of those places will change naturally because of yeah. that. Um and and just like cable sort of changed, you know, it it made it harder to be. A, that's why they're more. Uh, my theory about why they're more virulent racist right now than there used to be is because the the ability to be a soft racist was much easier before cable. You know, you didn't experience anybody who was different, so it was easier for people to plant stuff in your head and go, well, you know, yeah. I'd stay away from those folks if I were you, that kind of stuff. Like it was, you know, you don't, you didn't have to say anything drastic. You could just kind of like, you know, all carrot, no stick towards the racism right. in, in the racism race. Um, but in this particular, you know, and, you know, once cable came around, you watch MTV, you watch, uh, you know, cable television from across the country. You're introduced to people that you might not have been introduced. And it's hard to Yes, exactly. I love the eighties. Does it? I mean, I felt like I was building bridges, um, and certainly, I would, you know, I, that, would, that would argue that the uh, that, that queers folk and shows like it had that kind of a reason. Was it introduced you to people you may not either be aware of around yeah. you or that you just don't have any interaction with? And once you know somebody or at least care about what happens to them, it's way harder for somebody to convince you to hate them because of their skin color or their you know sexual orientation, those kind of things. Just more difficult, and so those people get more frustrated. That, that they're more and more alone at the lunch counter complaining about everybody. And instead of going, yeah, 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 people are going, will you get the hell out of here? And that makes them more angry and drives them to the Internet and the QAnon forums. So that's my that's the Cliff Notes <clears throat> version of this. The same thing is true about Internet and the ability to work. It's not just that it's going to introduce people because the Internet, even at its worst, can introduce you to almost anything if you bother to look at it. Although most people, and I'm aware of this when I do it, um, spend all their time on the internet considering the vastness of stuff that's on it on five sites. You know, right. you know the Amazon, whatever, whatever, eBay, Etsy, um, Twitter, and Facebook. Reverb. And, huh? Reverb. Reverb Nation? Yeah. No, no. Reverb. The, uh, do you not know about Reverb? No. Well, I mean, maybe I do. Well, I'll have to send it to you. It's just, it's the Chicago Music Exchange um, online. 
And it's oh, just okay. an amazing, yeah, it's an amazing musician um, resource website. For, yeah, for, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. Where, it's where I get like stomp boxes and drool over fancy guitars. Nice. Yeah, well, in Reverb Nation. It's without, the, um, without the yokels. Some people don't know that Reverb Nation is actually a, a, a sort of a social media slash electronic press kit site for bands mm-hmm. to share with venues and that kind of stuff. And they kind of played footsie a little bit with, uh, you know, having fans on there and that kind of stuff have never really gained that footing, but it functions for that purpose. And, and I always thought that comedy needed one of those in a lot of ways. Oh, sure. Um, and, and that ultimately Facebook is too broad for that kind of a thing. And having a specific one would be very helpful if you're, especially if you're a comedy or music fan, that's a cool way to go. So anyways, the, the issue we have with this sprawl that we're discussing is that, what uh, what ultimately we have is a supply problem when it comes to housing. The entire like and and the rise in housing prices right now is hitting a, a a glass ceiling of the highest prices available, you know, for these houses, and that their worth just does not match them yet. And that what we're looking at down the road, a couple of years from now, is a, a surge in supply. And that there's going to be, there's a lot of home building right now because people want to, you know, you make hay while the sun shines. And so people are, going, these equity firms and stuff are buying up housing, um, you know, as because re, real estate's a great investment long term no matter what. But if you get in at a high and then the housing market goes down, that's bad. And a mm-hmm. lot of these companies that are doing that are, actually facing that reality if they don't bail out in a couple of years. So what you're going to see is a lot of them just, you know, that home prices, they could tank the housing market in about two years just trying to get out as the supply starts to catch up with the demand. Because there's this delay caused by COVID was about, you know, I mean, it was more than a year in the making. There's always been a supply problem in the United States because they keep it that way. It's like doctors. The AMA makes sure there's only a certain number of doctors allowed to be licensed every year. So we're always short on them. So their price is high. Their pay is high. If we had as many as wanted to be doctors, it would, you know, the, the general pay would go down and we would, they would be marching with the $15 an hour folks. Um, so the, the, what, what we're looking at it and, and the word for that folks, when that happens is deflation. Think about the reality of, and this is what the the Fed has been talking about. This is what Barron's is talking about. This is what the Wall Street Journal is talking about. This is what uh, uh, CNBC is talking about. Even even Maria um, uh, Botox Romo, what her name is, on uh, Fox Business, has been talking about the fact that while we are looking at inflation, and that's an awful name, by the way. She needs to rethink that. I would change it. Yeah, Um, most of the folks that are, you know talking about this stuff, even though they, even the ones that are making politics out of the current inflation index are staring down the barrel of horrible deflation in, in the future. Um, and especially in the, you know, in the, like in the housing market, if it finally catches up and don't get me started on once we start 3d printing houses, you're, you're going to be looking at housing, not being your primary investment anymore. Then where does it go? Right. Then you're going to start wanting to loan your money to the infrastructure bank. I'm just saying we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. It's the Alpha Park Radio program mega worldwide. This is the nerdiest I get about something. I'm just saying. 
about as politics mm-hmm. go. Like I'm, uh, you know, about politics. Okay, as far as politics goes, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm all in. Eighties metal though. Oh yeah, not even close. I have and um, yeah, yeah, um, and so long, Jeff Labar, um, and and Cinderella's keyboardist. Cinderella's keyboardist passed away yesterday as well. The guy who toured with them, who would play. What the hell? Yeah, within within a couple of days, right? Um, so yeah, Tom Keeper posted about that, um, and uh, so I I sent him a message of condolences because that's just horrifying. Um, anyways, we'll be back right after this. Um, Fox News is trying to save their viewers from not being alive to vote in 2022. We're going to be talking about that when we come back. Maybe. Yeah. You're listening to House Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Uh, I thought there was going to be like a new one every break. I was so excited. You want more, Hal? We'll give you more. House Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide on Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCBT 820. Hoo-yah! Um, we were uh, we were talking during the break. Johnny Million was uh, talking about a woman who had weaponized a frog. It's not pretty, um, but it's. <laughs> uh, but people in the chat were saying they've seen that, <laughs> um, and and Mom's Russo says she would absolutely do that. <laughs> and thank you oh, for the hype train. Uh, Thanks to everybody on Twitch for the hype train. Um, appreciate it uh, a lot. Now I have a hard time holding frogs. You have a hard time holding a hard time hold- frogs? Yeah, it's it's like I'm I'm really free to motion. They're wiggly. Yes, they are. And they're they're, they're and they're malleable. Yeah, they're squishy. You don't want to. You can't grab too tight because you think you're going to break them. So you're midway through. Exactly. Yep. And yeah. so, like, so you ease up, and then next thing you know, you're ah, you're, <laughs> you're chasing and, a frog around again. And I think the crucial thing in frog handling, you know, and I'm I'm sure there's a professional frog handler out there that would that could tell us all how to deal with it. Um, uh, it's the peeing, I think. Is that the yeah, notion that they, yeah. they do and will always. And look. It's my I, defense mechanism. It's exactly. If I were in the same situation, absolutely. That's my go-to. That's my first line of defense. Um, my number two <laughs> line of defense. Is your number two. Is my number two line of defense. Absolutely. As I, you know, um, <laughs> as I have said in the, the famous uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex bit that people have seen. It, it's a perfect defense mechanism because it makes you slippery and less tasty. Um, and I learned that watching an elephant that was being attacked by a pack of lions successfully fend them off with a parade-level coffee can-sized dung that it was like, oh, oh yeah? What a good idea. Yeah. It was just it was just jettisoning everything. It was like I, I'm going to need to run faster than I've ever run. Everybody out! And um, so it was uh, like, yeah. So <laughs> by the way, everybody, uh, they're saying Johnny is killing it this morning. They are appreciating your <laughs> participation. We love you for it. Now, Johnny Million, money has been spent. Notice on it's the- only when we're talking about frogs and peeing. That's yeah. that's when I'm on my A game. Hey, that's you know you're here to keep me. From t- from doing a two hour show on the interest levels of the infrastructure bank and reminding everybody that I am a human being. <laughs> to glaze over. 
Yeah, it started to go like, like I would, I, all the chat room would just start looking like a run of letters as people fall asleep on their keyboards. <laughs> if I'm allowed to talk about, <laughs> so how how much how much do you think the Arizona audit in Maricopa County is uh, worth versus how much it costs, Johnny Million? Right? Do you have any idea? Ooh, now worth. Worth it. <laughs> that's, that's the key because this, yes. I've got a feeling that the pe- people that are uh, anticipating that it could backfire as hard as it is. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. the only fraud people are turning up are re- Republican fraudulent votes. Yes. And the um whenever they're questioned in their means and practices and anything that's squirrely they always have like well an explanation it, it's we can totally totally tell you why that person left this room for that reason but they don't believe it when it's in any of any other story yeah. that they're hearing so so they it's just the classic case of hypocrisy and they want it both ways oh and it's uh, there's nothing wrong with hypocrisy when it's cheap, you know what I mean. Like if it's just kind of this <laughs> is expensive hypocrisy. Yeah, right. If it what, if it's just about you and what snacks you're like, I know I shouldn't be eating this. That level of like, like you know, you're eating too much salt and <laughs> while you're eating Pringles. Oh, we can call that hypocrisy. That's awesome, sir. Yeah, just like at that. That's low rung. That's no, just, not just, as I do. Yeah, um, I you know it's your ironic levels of hypocrisy. Whereas in in this term, they have spent, according to one of the guys involved who was uh, who live streamed or posted a video from his private plane, you know, because because uh, they, they, they are sick of the elites telling the the, the real Americans how to live. Um, They're guy, of the people. Yeah, uh, Jovan Hutton Pulitzer, um, no relation, um, who. Uh, calls himself an an inventor. Mm-hmm. Um, he's supposedly he's the guy who developed the technology. He invented the technology that helps them find panda poop in the you know in the shards of paper that are mashed into the fake ballads that were shipped from China. Panda poop were, were any to be found. Um, it, I'm I'm sure if the allegation was that a you know a Chinese tree frog urine was used for ink, he would be the guy. So. <laughs> He apparently um, let it slip during this live stream that it cost, um, while the while the state senate in in Maricopa County paid one hundred fifty thousand dollars, you know, to, for this, they put of of taxpayer money into this thing, one hundred fifty thousand dollars. The uh, the endeavor itself cost nine million dollars, including two million dollars for security, which s- seems to seems to only be used to keep reporters out and to make sure yeah. no, one, no one sees them violate the rules about ballot security in their hands. So security has to be done in air quotes, I suppose. Um, it, uh, yeah, they're talking about um, $9 billion. He's the guy who came after the, uh, you know, the bamboo fibers. Um, now, they right. want to do this... now. That $9 million, while it's you know nothing to sneeze at, is nowhere near the somewhere in the order of $22 million 
in loss of equipment that Arizona is facing because of this, because they're going to have to throw out the all the stuff they bought, um, you know, all their machines, because there is no way you would hand... Now they're all compromised. Yes. Now, there's no way you would hand over your voting machines to these guys privately while they did not live up to all the security details that they promised they would. Um, they yeah. did not. They did not secure the voting machines themselves, and nobody in their right mind would reuse these machines. Um, you know, no, uh, knowing that they have been in the you know in the hands of folks that are uh, their single reason for why this was a fraudulent election was Trump lost. I'm happy yeah. to play along with their delusion that there was some sort of major, uh, you know, fraud going on here. If they want to call that out this, 30,000 dead people voting here and 150,000 illegals and 60,000 underage people. No one wants that. Nobody wants that. But I'm going to say uh, out loud and full-throated for as long as they bring this stuff up that if they ever find any of that, all of those people are Trump voters. Prove me wrong. Yep. Every fake vote is a Trump they can't, vote. Not yet. No, and they, because they they're not even looking to do that, which to me think makes me think that they suspect that might have happened and are intentionally avoiding looking at that. Because what if it comes out that we discovered 150,000 votes and Biden gets more votes because the fake ballots? Were it's not like when they accuse all liberals of being pedophiles. You just have to project and cast aspersions. Yeah, and then, it's, and then Matt Gates' uh, new details in that case okay. comes out. Nice segue, Johnny. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT820.com. Sexy Liberal Podcast Network, it's the House Parks Radio Podcast, Mega Worldwide. If you want to listen to the highlights, the cliff notes, the short version, you can read even listen to it at double speed if your ears can handle it. We'll be back. <laughs> I so we had our first episode of, of, of Double Neck Download, the podcast I do with Richard Hunter in ages. Yesterday, he came over to the house. We both been vaccinated. He's he's more he's even more diligent than I am about masks. Like yeah. in that he's going to keep wearing them even after COVID is over because people are disgusting, and I can't say I blame him. And uh, <laughs> and in the places, I mean, he used to do PR for Dennis Hoff, so I um, I understand. Why he yeah. want? I mean, I don't know why he's not laminated, um, <laughs> Richard. Uh, I I told him I'm I'm thinking of taking up a, a vinyl fetish just for the big rubber suit to wear out once things go back to normal. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know a, a zipper probably wouldn't stop. You know, on a gimp hood wouldn't stop COVID or whatever. But maybe if you put one of those know. seals like on a um, oh, yeah, like a ziplock, thing, yeah, right? like a ziplock, yeah. Um, but. Uh, I will say, like that, fits and starts being what they are. Um, a piece of good news coming up besides uh, Nerd Hale on August first at the Echo in Los Angeles, even during mask mandate. So I actually think a Nerd Halen show with a mask mandate works because we all, you know, everybody looks like their mom told them to, and it's that kind of a show, anyways. But we're doing Monsters of Rock in February of next year. So Nerd Halen will be joining the Monsters of Rock cruise um, uh, in February of next year's The cruise, yeah. Um, so we have to get these variants under control by then. I'm not getting on a cruise ship. 
I'll get regular dysentery. Yeah. Um, that's fine. But I'm I but and thank you, Cynthia, for the uh, for the super chat. Six 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 Fifth Avenue is this much closer to being purchased by yours truly. Um, I you know there are a bunch of shows I've been looking forward to seeing and going out in the world, and I was this close to pulling the trigger on a bunch of them. And then the Delta variant jumped back up. And then we have this whole thing of Fox News seeing the light for all of, I guess, three hours on Wednesday and then just pulling right back. And everybody was asking, like, what is the change? What is the thing? It's 100% MAGA deaths. That's why. Because this is not about um, poor... Folks in rural communities, largely white, not having access to a vaccine. This is not the Biden administration punishing red states like Trump did with blue states, denying them PPE, where, you know, all of a sudden, you know, now that, you know, Fox thinks Biden is attacking their viewers, they're going to go support getting vaccinated. It has nothing to do with that. It, it is simply that they realize they have talked their own viewers out of getting vaccinated and they are dying at an alarming clip. They, you know, the Republican Party has gone from get out the vote to cremate the vote and they are staring down the barrel of 2022. And I mean, they are in uh, deep, deep, deep right now because the deaths that are going to come from this, 99, whatever, 90, 97.8% of the people that are being hospitalized right now, or well, are testing positive for uh, COVID right now are unvaccinated. The other 2% of the 2% of the tiny percent are people who are maybe testing positive. But also, we don't know, you know, in terms of the antibody reflex, what your body shows on these tests as well. So they very well may not have, they may be calling them asymptomatic COVID carriers, but it may be an ancillary effect of the J&J vaccine or something that's showing up on tests and doesn't mean they actually have COVID. But it's best to take those precautions during this time because the Delta variant is squirrely and it's squeezing past uh, the Johnson & Johnson and Moderna vaccines. They are 88% uh, effective against uh, you know, the Delta variant in terms of uh, asymptomatic or low symptom spread. Um, 88% of people will not have any symptoms if the, it, they will not get it. And if they do get it, they will have, you know, minute symptoms um, not requiring hospitalization. Um, 98.7% of the people who are in the hospital, who are hospitalized, because of COVID, that cat has something to say. I, I oh yeah, it, it's she starts. I love that. working the refs early for dinner about four hours ahead of time. Oh, I see. That's what. Yeah, mine mine does too. Middle of the night, same kind of cat. I think we're we're the same breed or whatever. She gets up in the middle of the night and howls once a night. Yeah, just kind of like, isn't it morning? Should we be having breakfast right <laughs> now? Excuse me. <laughs> Are there people here? <laughs> you know, and then she goes back to sleep, and and yep. she's all hoarse in the morning from doing that. When I <laughs> hoarse from screaming all, that. she's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I got it. <laughs> yeah. So this, I understand that the the Delta variant is is 
crashing through um, you know places like Missouri right now. And why, what what do you think was the what, where do you think the epicenter of this outbreak is in Missouri? Just ballpark. What do you think, Johnny? Just oh, what would you think I, in Missouri? In Kansas yeah. City? Uh, nope. It's de- there's definitely a lot of cats she knows. Cat wants to tell us. Yeah. yeah. Um, She's probably trying to tell me the answer, and I don't understand her. Branson. Because you have oh, no you mask mandate. Uh, it is a it is it is a, a right-wing Christian pro-Trump entertainment mecca. It is uh, it is Baptist Vegas in a lot of ways. And none of these people are going to be told what you know what they can and can't do with their bodies. So what they're going to do is show up amongst a bunch of blue hairs and cough all over them. And that's where it's spreading from. The, you know, and in, we have an outbreak in Nevada right now. Our numbers are high. And our hospitals are actually holding it together pretty well. So why would we have a number really high and an outbreak really high? But, the, but you know, as far as uh, people getting visibly sick from it and seeking treatment, but our hospital, hospitalizations are, are lower. Well, it's because those people are leaving. They're coming here, they're catching it, they're staying here long enough to even start showing symptoms, and then they split, and they go back home. And the same thing is true of, uh, you know, it's why Los Angeles has a mask mandate beyond the 4 million people who haven't been vaccinated, because they are choosing not to in the, in the Los Angeles, uh, you know, in Los Angeles County. There's a bunch of travel in and out of that through the rest of the country, and especially during the summer. Especially as even even with the pitiful opening that Disneyland has had, is still a draw. And there's Magic Mountain, and there's other stuff, and people are coming down here, and they're driving, and they're like, okay, we may not be able to go to the big places we normally go. But we can go to the beach. We can go hang out. We can go to eat in places. We can go see this, you know, the sunshine. That's what it is. And that's your biggest problem right now is not single cities where the outbreak happens and they don't do everything they can to fight it. The problem now is the traveling maggot Delta variant parade that is, yeah. you know, it, it almost makes me clamor for Trump rallies so that they at least be a, a super spreader event you could be aware of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pam Johnson says, I object to be calling uh, being called a blue hair on the cruise. The stylist called it Polynesian blonde. Much nicer. <laughs> so, here's what I would say to everybody. Um, I know Sean Hannity won't tell you this because he doesn't think he's qualified medically. Get vaccinated. If you have any concerns, talk to your doctor, and your doctor's going to say, "Get vaccinated." Get vaccinated. If you've had it, if you've had COVID and it's been three months since you've had COVID, get vaccinated. And if you've gotten vaccinated while we're you know trying to build a a, a, a a wall against this, because um, walls and wheels work. While we're trying to build a wall of, of immunity against the Delta variant, mask up when you go to the store. Because maybe you don't get it because you've been vaccinated, but maybe you carry it, carry it and you shed virus. That's the concern. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much. Thanks to everybody who super chatted support the show. Patreon.com slash House Parks. Great way to support the show. Me and Johnny and Can't Stop Lying. And that's how we live here. So thanks a bunch. We'll see you next week.